Maybe America isn't bowling alone, and that's good for your health and longevity. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Uh, gentlemen, I read a couple of stories uh, in the last day or so uh, that really kind of uh, upset the apple cart and gave me hope for the future, uh, not only for our country, but for my own self. Uh, being uh, well advanced in my dotage, I think that this, <laughs> this could be good news for anybody like me who is uh, descending into geezerhood or ascending into geezerhood, however you choose to do it. Um, remember 1995 when uh, Robert Putnam came out with the book Bowling Alone? And the general thesis of the book, I read it back then, but the general thesis of the book was that um, Americans are not joiners like they used to be. And so society is becoming somewhat fragmented and, and groups like, you know, the Rotary Club and the Lions Clubs and Knights of Columbus and things like that were kind of uh, having a hard time recruiting. Um, and, and that certainly uh, is a pattern that has continued. However, uh, there's some research that shows uh, that in some areas, that's not what's happening and that we need to really start advancing in those areas if we want to live longer and be healthier. And here's what I mean. A Harvard study uh, on adult development that was started in 1938 and continues to this day. They're tracking people's health and happiness. And what they found, the common denominator for uh, longevity and for health and happiness is not like cholesterol levels or anything that you might expect like that. Uh, basically, it, it comes down to the quality of your relationships and your sense of purpose. And that people who have many good relationships with other people and who have a sense of purpose in their lives tend to live longer, healthier lives, um, and feel happier about it. Um, and this gets back to, you know, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He found that in the, in the death camps, uh, the people who tended to, to survive yep. were the people who had something to look forward to. They That's were, exactly They right. were able to keep in their heads this idea of a future that they needed to get to. And, um, and so that gave them a sense of purpose and they, they just wound up surviving at much higher rates than people who didn't. Um, friendships, as they're defined in this study, uh, don't happen easily. Uh, they said that uh, to make a, a casual friendship takes about 60 hours of work. To get a close friendship, they said about 200 hours of work over a period of about four months, if you really wanna develop a close friend. So basically they're saying, you're not just going to fall into friendships. You really need to make an effort. You need to get beyond the awkwardness. You need to step out and, and develop friends intentionally. But that tied in with another story that Selena Zito wrote for the Washington Examiner about uh, this little town of Somerset, Pennsylvania, where I've been a number of times. Uh, it's a town of about 12,000 people. It probably used to be more, but because of the steel industry and coal industry and everything else, it's kind of dwindled down some. Uh, but she focused the story on a bowling alley there where the employees have been largely working for generations. So it is owned by the son of the guy who started it in a nearby town. And he moved from a town of a thousand people to the big city of uh, Somerset with 12,000 people. And the place is immaculate. Everything from the balls to the shoes to the lanes is shiny and bright and looks like new. And people are coming and friends are gathering. Um, it, it stunned me to find out that despite Robert Putnam's uh, book, Bowling Alone, 
Nearly 70 million people in the United States bowl. Like this is something they do for recreation. About 1.2 million people compete in certified bowling leagues. There's a corporation called Bolero Corporation that owns 325 bowling centers in the U.S. And last year, they added 40 more. Stephen Green, uh, this connection between something that we thought was an artifact of the past and these long-term studies that show friendship and activity together and building those kind of relationships and a sense of meaning and purpose um, should provide us with some hope. And, uh, and frankly, I'll be honest with you, Steve, our audience skews more toward that end of the, of the demographic spectrum. Um, what do you think is going on here? You know, there is a Bolero at uh, up up in Denver, just about thirty five minutes north of here, at C four seven or excuse me E four C four seven. Anyway, it's on four seventy and University, and I've driven past it. I can't even tell you how many times because uh, two of my best friends, Matt and Allie, live in that neighborhood in in Highlands Range, and I saw the name. I don't I don't know when they 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 first converted whatever that used to be to Bolero or if it's been there the whole time yeah. but I saw the name and I thought well isn't that clever and I figured it was just some small locally owned thing that uh, might have been on its last legs or something but to find out that this is some national thing that is growing and expanding and giving people a lot of fun well hell that's great I want to go I thought Okay, clever name, but I bet inside it's all like 70s leftover dingy stuff. And to, to find out something completely else, um, I got to take my boys. Um, when I was a kid, I, I used to love bowling. And in my 20s, I would go occasionally. And it's it's very social. You get to have a few beers. Uh, every few minutes, you're called to exert yourself by picking up something that weighs anywhere between 14 and 16 pounds, uh, taking a few steps, tossing it, probably having to toss it a second time after taking a few more steps, and then sitting back down with your beer and your friends and your conversation. It's a really, really fun uh, game. I, I, I almost said sport. I'm not sure if it quite goes that far. But it, it's a lot of fun. I used to enjoy it a hell of a lot. And all I find myself asking myself right now is, why haven't I taken my kids? I got two boys, 17 and, uh, and 12 and a half. Oh, Lord, how did that happen? And I have not introduced them to the world of bowling. And my youngest is probably about the same age I was when I, when I first started bowling. And, you know, just a little 12-pound kid ball. You know, you probably toss that thing directly down and not even touch the wood now. Um and my 17-year-old might think he's too cool for it, but uh, if this is as, if this has grown uh, and is growing the way you say it is, Scott, I'm thinking there might be some teenage girls there that might get him sort of interested in this this nerdy, goofy, older person game. Um, I know you're trying to talk about the, the 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 bigger aspects of this, but I don't want to. There's a perfectly small thing here that I haven't been doing, that I know where to go to do it, I know who to bring with me, and the only thing I have to say is, number one, I'm going to do this. 
number uh, three things. Number two, my boys are going to love it, even if the older one resists at first. And number three, there's no way that my wife is going to join me because there's no way she's going to wear other people's shoes to do anything. <laughs> well, you know what to get her for her next uh, birthday, her own set of bowling, bowling shoes. shoes. She's still- and, and a ball, too. You're not going to want to stick your fingers in somewhere <laughs> where somebody else has stuck their fingers. <laughs> But I'm sure at the uh, Bolero, they clean the holes (laughs) meticulously. (laughs) So, Bill Whittle, um, actually, Steve Mm. is wrong. I didn't want to talk about any grand issues. Uh And in fact, the same thing happened to me when I read this story. I immediately thought, hey, uh, Stephanie and I and Mike and Donna and Don and Sarah and Brian and Linda should go out bowling. And then then immediately I go into old man mode and I go, oh, is this going to hurt my back? Do I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do, I, do I need to – maybe we should go and take a lesson uh, first from a chiropractic bowler <laughs> so that we could do this right. But but here's – buried in this story about bowling that Selena Zito wrote, I thought was a fascinating idea that was brought up by a guy who I think is a former geography professor at a university. And he said, we typically look at towns like Somerset, Pennsylvania, again, roughly 12,000 in population, uh, a dwindling population, we would say. And we say that, you know, they, the once great uh, boom town is now fading away. And he said, maybe rather than that, they're actually returning to their natural size after what I would term a uh, kind of a, a mass industrialization, man-centric uh, assembly line kind of boom that happened for really a relatively brief window in history uh, when men were doing what a lot of robots can now do. Um, and and maybe that's not such a bad thing. Like maybe it's not, Somerset shouldn't be a factory town. And in fact, the person who went up to visit, it may have been Selena herself, who went up to visit Somerset was surprised to find a vibrant little community and uh, and a nice looking little downtown. And that uh, people who live there like the welcome they receive when they move there. They like the fact that it's, it's a nice little tight knit community where everybody knows everybody. And the guy who owns the bowling alley now, kind of a turn of the phrase on the Robert Putnam book, Bill said, uh, you're never alone when you bowl. And I just thought, that is a charming idea that, you know, we used to hold this idea of small town America, but it did kind of get ruptured by the big steel plant or the big automobile plant or the big whatever plant coming into town. And all of a sudden there was a rush of people who were from outside of the community. And then a lot of those people had to leave or or, or their grandchildren anyway, had to leave after it <laughs> ended. Um, with the ability to do remote work that's not so uh, cluster you know, oriented, do you think that this is a is kind of not a picture of America's past, but a picture of her future? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, first of all, you said that um, the casual friend is 40 hours of work and a close friend 600, I think you said. Uh, 60, 60 versus 200, yeah. Okay. Well, we've been doing this show for probably 10,000 hours. I don't know what that makes us, but... It makes us Justin Bieber fans. The right we love that song. That's right. We're, we're <laughs> believers. Um, so I'll go, I'll go along with this one. Um, the one, the one constant in in 
any study of people who end up in prison, especially for violent crimes, it doesn't correlate to race, doesn't correlate to class, doesn't correlate to money, doesn't correlate to geographic background. The people who are not in prison um, for, for at all, but especially for violent crimes, are people who grew up uh, having dinner with their with their family. That's it's not even too. It, most people think it's the presence of a father, and that's a lot of it. But really, what it was was if you sat down and had dinner with your family, growing up, you didn't develop these pathologies. And as the family has been destroyed over the last two, three generations, we see people like these shooters, these mass shooters. And it's not that it's not that if if we'd had uh, this kind of, you know, socialization with the same people, right? If you, social contacts with people. It's not like suddenly we would have said, oh my God, you're shooters, you know, you put them in jail. They never would have become sick enough to become shooters, right? Because we would have seen them, instead of at 17 when they're shooting up a school, we would have seen them at nine when they're, when they're isolating or they're behaving a little weird. We would, have, we would have intervened and done something about it earlier if, the, if there had been social connections to these people. So the destruction of all these social connections is what leads to all of these social pathologies. It's tempting to blame a lot of this on the internet and, and smart devices, and certainly they've accelerated the trend. But when you take people from, the, from small towns, move them into big towns, you are moving them into an anonymous world where they don't know anybody. When you start having uh, television, um, then you are parking your children in front of an a, a electronic babysitter, and the internet is, is television cubed, right, in terms of, of, of you know, interactivity and so on. So all of these social networks that we used to have, I don't mean real networks, not social media networks, real friends who used to hang out with all the time who would, who would sit down or you, 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 know, you had to crush on the girl and they'd get you through it and you know, you'd, just, you'd just be your friends. These things are, are rapidly falling apart. I think part of the problem is when they destroyed the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts by, by you know, making them no longer the Boy Scouts and you know, now, we're, now we're the Person Scouts, right? That was the organization that I joined first was the Cub Scouts. Yep, and so, yeah, and so we, we, we think, well, we're going to socialize, but we're going to go out on the town, we're going to go to a bar, we're going to go to a show, we're going to go to a concert. It doesn't count. You don't know those people there. You'll never see them again, right? What counts is, do you have a close group of humans who, who you see on a regular basis, who whose trust you develop and who you in turn uh, trust, who can who can set you straight and help you out and, and give you you know a sense that you're not alone and and plus have a lot of fun with which brings us to the bowling right the um the the thing about bowling is Steve Steve got into it a little bit in terms of like you know you, you mostly sit there have a beer and joke and you stand up and you roll the ball twice and you sit back down again and and you have to have certain behaviors polished you have to have your oh it's a gutter ball polish you, you look you got to you got to know how to do that when you got to know how to do the strike even though i'm randomly rolling it in the direction you got to make it look like i i did this on purpose that you got to get that thing down but there's a lot of ribbing that goes on in bowling a lot of teasing which is which is great you know really great thing to build uh, camaraderie and, and friendship and stuff. So yeah, I find this to be an incredibly encouraging sign and I suspect that as society continues to get more and more isolated, the appeal of people meeting on a regular basis will increase. And ultimately, when you think about it, that's all that, that a 12-step program is, right? I mean, the, you don't get medicine at a 12-step program like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. You don't get injections. You're not, you're not given medical treatment. You are 
those programs work to the degree that they work because you are now in the company of people and it's the same people multiple times a week and they're got your back and you've got theirs and and that sense of connection and 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 love and um and duty and loyalty and all these things are able to cure people from horrible pathologies like alcoholism and 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 narcotic abuse and all the rest of it so yeah we're social people and and the entire western civilization has been more and more isolating over the last 30 or 40 years and anything we can do to get back uh to to being with people is is a major major bonus just to put a cap on this i have often talked about the science fiction story i'm uh, a series i want to do and uh, called the colonies and and i've got a scene i've got an entire storyline takes place at the frontier and i want to do a shot where you're on an alien planet you got a couple of alien moons up in the sky and it's cold and everything's really you know it's clearly this and you got and you see this little base down there and this little you know essentially steel spheres or you know tubes that people are living in and they got rovers there and you get closer and closer and closer you see a little warm light inside one of these things you get closer and closer and closer you begin to hear the sound and when you look in the window this is two three hundred years in the future you see 30 people inside this hab and they're all making live music together they're playing guitars they're playing violins they're 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 singing right they're they are they are doing what humans do to humanize themselves and i thought the idea of of having this really alien environment where you get close and inside this warmth you see people using acoustical instruments and they're just they're just doing that and they're not just entertaining themselves, they're um, recharging themselves and they're renewing themselves and they're, and they're building the things that they need to have in order to survive on the frontier. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think this is awesome news. I just saw a uh, movie the other day that y'all probably saw about 30 years ago. We talked about a little bit in our backstage episode, um, a movie called Catch Me If You Can. And there were two scenes from this movie that strike directly at uh, this topic. Um, there is really, uh, you might call it an epidemic of loneliness in this country, probably in this world, but I'm That's not that exactly tapped right. into the world, uh, where we've never been more connected through fiber optic lines, but we've never been less connected in personal contact, in face-to-face -face interactions, in true friendships, in, you know, when somebody says something, it's not like, oh, I, I can show that I care about them by tapping a little emoji that pops up and then move on to the next, uh, you know, short real video. Um, there's, there's a scene in Catch Me If You Can where Leo DiCaprio is this uh, on-the-run criminal and Tom Hanks is an FBI agent who's trying to catch him. And Leo calls Tom at his office on Christmas Eve. And Tom has decided to be nice to all the other guys in the office and man the phones on Christmas Eve uh, so that they can go home and be with their families. And they have this conversation that's really awkward. And at one point, Tom Hanks, uh, the FBI agent says, uh, I know why you're, you're calling me on Christmas Eve, you criminal. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but I know why you're calling me on Christmas Eve. You don't have anybody else and he just cracked up laughing and then hung up the phone. And you see that, you see him mocking uh, Leo DiCaprio's character because he's a criminal on the run. He's got all this money, but he has no one. And you realize that the FBI agent doesn't have anyone either. 
and he's there on Christmas Eve. And that becomes kind of a recurring theme in the movie. And the other scene Bill reminded me of um, is at one point, he, uh, Leo DiCaprio is pretending to be an attorney and he's gonna marry a girl who is the daughter of an attorney. And he's at their house and Martin Sheen plays the dad and he's at their house and they're in the kitchen and then all of a sudden somebody says, oh, oh, it's on, it's on. And they all run to the living room and all sit together on the sofa, the mother, the father, the daughter, and this guy who's gonna marry their daughter. They all sit together on the sofa and what comes on the TV is Sing Along with Mitch. And Sing Along with Mitch was a TV show back in the 1960s. It may have started earlier, may have run later, but um, they put the words of songs on the screen and these were old kind of classic folk songs and American songs and, and Irish songs or whatever. And and you would be able to read the words. It was karaoke before there was karaoke, except you didn't do didn't it. Didn't have a bouncing ball yeah, or something? That, and now they didn't Follow have the, the bouncing, bouncing ball in the movie. Yeah. So, so that may have been something that they added later. But I okay. remember watching Sing Along With Mitch and... All of a sudden, this family that had been having normal family conversations in the kitchen is sitting on the sofa together and singing this Irish song together. And Leo DiCaprio, who's like just looking back and forth at them and slowly like a smile comes across his face and the daughter kind of jumps up on her dad's lap and they're singing together. And um, and all of a sudden he's smiling and then he starts mouthing the words. And you can just see that it was an experience of family and togetherness that he had longed for and not experienced. And he he needed to have that. And if anything, what I got from these stories and the movie uh, this week is that desperate need that we have to not be alone, to be in fellowship with others, to have connection, not just with family, but with people around us. You know, if you asked me, hey, do you want to quit your job uh, where you work, uh, my W-2 job tomorrow? My first thought would be, I would really miss my friends. Um, You know, like it's really, I'm not there for the job. (laughs) I mean, yes, I'm there for the job and and I try to do a good job of it. I try to take care of customers well, but I'm like, oh, wow. I wonder how I would ever see uh, Ken and and James and and Jim and Brecca and you know and I just start going through all these people I work with. We we not only need that psychically, intellectually, or emotionally and intellectually. We need that for physical health. Like you're gonna be happier and live longer. That's right. Frankly, if you turn me off <laughs> and go make a phone call or go out to dinner or find somebody or a couple of somebodies and go bowling. Nobody bowls alone. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com, who, by the way, get to interact on forums and comments and on the blog, and I know have made connections offline. Um, We encourage that. We know that that is important to your health and well-being, and it's what sustains this business. Thank you for watching. We'll see you soon on Right Angle.